Welcome to the Peace and Mind Podcast with your host, Alma Ayon. Today I want to talk to you about mindfulness and shamatha. Mindfulness is a word that has been used in many different ways and nowadays it has different meanings. For example, we have the mindfulness that has been very popular nowadays, which refers to being aware of whatever is happening in the moment without judging it. Just basically be present with whatever is happening, right? This concept was brought to us by John Kabat-Zinn and it became very popular. Nowadays, many people equate this word mindfulness with meditation and think that's all that meditation means, which is not the case. This mindfulness apparently is described as coming from the Buddhist tradition. But actually, the Buddhist tradition, in the words of the Buddha, if you read the sutras or the scriptures of the Buddha, he describes this mindfulness as being also a factor that helps us have recollection, just being present, but recollection of our meditation object, having discernment of our actions to live an ethical way of life, having discernment into what is beneficial or what is not beneficial, acting with wisdom. So mindfulness is a mind faculty by which we bear in mind some topic that we are familiar with and we continue bearing it in mind without forgetfulness and without distraction. So it's that which enables us to have voluntary continuity of attention. And so... Mindfulness is much more than just bare attention and being present, as is described in the Buddhist tradition. And then there is like the ordinary meaning of the word where you just, you are not careless, like you're doing something with a certain degree of attention. So we have to be very clear about what mindfulness is and what is not, and in terms of our meditation practice. If, for example, you are doing the practice of shamatha, here is where shamatha comes into place. Shamatha is like the basic meditation we know and implies developing concentration and attention, right? So you must have heard that meditation or one of med the meditations that are more popular refer to paying attention to your breath, maybe counting the breaths or maybe uh, saying some words or in different ways and different techniques, but basically paying attention to the breath and letting the thoughts arise and pass. But there are two factors when we develop this shamatha meditation. Shamatha means single-pointed attention. It means calm abiding. And we saw this in the previous episode, but I want to go into more detail because shamatha is a practice that is the beginning of a spiritual path and it's very important many people skip it or many people just stay in it thinking that's all to meditation so you have to be very clear that it's just the first step you need a clear concentrated calm mind that is focused that is present that is able to discern that is able to recollect and 
that can be used in a very constructive way to develop wisdom, compassion, and do other meditation practices. So when you do the practice of shamatha or calm abiding or single-pointed concentration, when you do this practice, you have two mental factors that you're going to use. One is mindfulness, which is this ability to bring back your attention to your breath and maintaining maintain it there. And with discernment, you will let thoughts arise and pass without being carried away. Introspection is the other factor. And introspection helps you step back for a moment and observe what is the quality of your meditation, the quality of your posture, the quality of your mental state, if it's agitated or if it's dull and sleepy, and apply the corresponding antidotes. For example, if you are falling asleep, you you will open your eyes, take a deep breath, focus more on the on the inhaling process, the inhalation. If it's too much, you might stop the session, take a break, wash your face with cold water and come back and sit. Or you might just need to sit more straight and pay more attention. There are other antidotes, for example, reflecting on how important it is to meditate, to train your mind, to develop concentration. How is this going to help you and benefit you? So there are many benefits, as you can think, to the practice of shamatha, because if we operate with a mind that is distracted, that is confused, that is obsessed with certain thoughts, that is distracted, basically, and is carried away by thoughts, emotions, ideas, but spontaneously arising, like free association, then we won't be able to achieve much in the present. So if you want mental peace and be more focused and be more concentrated, well, that's the kind of practice you need to do. Habituate your mind to be focused and to be attentive and the best method is the shamatha meditation. Why? Because you sit in a stable posture that you can sustain longer and longer without being distracted, without being moved. You focus on an object, whether it's the breath or whether it's your mind or just basic awareness, as we saw in the previous episode. Or you can also focus on different objects but the best one like a flower like stone there's different kinds of meditations on a syllable on a visual image but the best one is to focus on your breath because your breath you always have it with you and you can always come back and you can always do a short meditation session when you are in different places and you don't have to be looking for your object and there are other benefits to the practice of mindfulness of breathing because it can calm your mind and you know our mental states are associated with the breath. So if you are very angry, maybe your breath becomes very agitated. If you're calm and peaceful, your breath becomes very soft and deep, profound. So it is important that when you use breath as your meditation object, you are not trying to control the breath. You're not trying to dip very deeply and then exhale very deeply and doing it. You just 
you're just paying attention to whatever happens. Sometimes your breath can be very shallow. Sometimes it can be very deep. Sometimes it can be long. Sometimes it can be short. It doesn't matter. Your body and your mind are balancing the pranas or the energies in your body that are associated with mental states and with your breath are finding its right flow within your body. So if you just stay focused on the breath and try to take the ego out of control as much as possible, you don't do much. You just pay attention, put your attention there. When it gets distracted, you bring it back with mindfulness. That's where mindfulness comes into place. It helps us bring our attention and remember our object, remember what we are doing and doing it and stay there in the present with our breath and discerning that this is an activity that is meaningful to do because sometimes you might start meditating and feel that it's boring, that there's no point in doing it, that you're not being productive, that there's many other important things you could be doing and that's just more thoughts that are deceiving us into getting into the same way of life in which we don't give a space to our minds to heal, in which we don't find that peace, that happiness, that contentment that we are looking for. I mean, all our activities, since we wake up until we go to bed, are oriented to finding happiness, genuine happiness. But you think habituating yourself to get stressed and overloaded with work and competing with others for a position or for fame and reputation or seeking desperately to satisfy all your desires, your cravings, will that bring you genuine happiness, contentment, peace? No. Why? Because we already know it and we know it's not there. Because the more anxious, the more craving, the more dissatisfied, the more stressed, the more envious you are, the less happy, right? So when you do meditation, you're training your mind to be in that state you want to achieve because you realize that it's not out there. There is not a thing that will bring you that peace, that happiness. It's not even a holiday where you can relax. No, it's in your mind, wherever you are, there is the possibility of finding peace, contentment, and genuine happiness. But you need to do the work, which is not really work, because it doesn't require so much effort as the effort you put into searching for all those things that you believe are going to make you happy. They are called the eight mundane concerns, which are seeking for material gain, or protecting what you have and wanting not to lose it, seeking for pleasurable stimuli to your senses like food, delicious food, delicious sounds, visuals, auditory uh, stimuli that you're willing to pay for, for giving you some degree, a little bit of satisfaction, but that you know it's temporary, doesn't last too long before you have to start seeking for another thing and then we seek for fame reputation we have a society that encourages to be successful and to stand out 
from the others and seeking for that in a over competitive world is very difficult and you can many times feel frustrated because you're putting all your expectations there what if you don't achieve it like i mean some people will stand out and others not and it depends on a multitude of causes and conditions it doesn't mean you're not talented or you're not working hard enough but if you put your hopes there and let's say even if you do achieve some fame and recognizement there's no guarantee it will last we see all these celebrities that become very famous and popular and then the next year nobody even remembers them and people are already in love with another celebrity So what is the point of working so hard to achieve something that is so temporary? And also the things that come with it, because you might find that that's not even giving you any happiness, because you will also have people envious, some criticism and other things that come because people don't like you to be the one who is standing out, right? And then searching for praise and avoiding criticism, and trying to be loved, like doing things so that others appreciate us and love us and respect us. But we are not doing them these things for them to help others out of compassion and love, or we do them out of a desire to be praised. If we put our hopes there, also we are going to be disappointed. So when you do meditation, you use this mindfulness of discernment of what is beneficial for you and what is not. And you decide to find that peace, that happiness, that contentment in your mind where it comes natural. If you stop the craving, the delusion of pursuing things that won't bring you happiness, if you stop to get obsessed thinking again and again over thoughts of things that you think will bring you happiness or things that you have to get rid of in order to achieve your goals that are so important. If you just train your mind to be peaceful, to be content in the present, then that becomes a habit. And then it becomes a natural state of being in the world, no matter what, no matter if you're praised or criticized, no matter if you get some material gain or you lose it no matter anything because you recognize that peace is in your mind now how do we train because it's easy to say but how do we get there well it's like going to the gym so we don't achieve a perfect body just by thinking about it or going once to the gym and then saying i'm very bad for this is i'm not good at it let's go. No, you put your effort there. You go every day or every week or every certain time, but you do it in a disciplined way and you train your body in the gym according to the instructions you receive from your trainer and you eat healthy and then you have a routine and you work some days in developing certain muscles you take in consideration rest that is very important to spirits of rest too and slowly over time you make a habit 
but you also start seeing results and every time it becomes easier and more gratifying and you start seeing those results, right? The same in meditation, you're training your mind. Meditation means familiarizing your mind. It means habituating your mind. You're training that mind to be peaceful, content, happy. So in a way, you're training it, but in another way, you're just letting this mental state to arise naturally by stopping the activities that create the opposite result. So when you meditate, the effort that you require is not the same effort as you require to go to the gym or to go after a goal, after a person, after an idea, after a job, after a material possession or after an experience. No, because it's an effort that is effortless. The effort you need to do is just to be disciplined, to sit. You just want to have a schedule for your meditation session and you want to sit. And that requires some effort because our mind will trick us into thinking that we need other things or that there are other things that are urgent or more important and that you need to do those things first. So that's where you need to put effort. Effort in sitting. Whether it's sitting or laying down, I'm going to do a whole episode about posture. But when you are sitting in your meditation posture or laying down, you're just going to relax. Because relaxation is the first step in the shamatha practice to develop that calm abiding, to develop that concentration. And you must be thinking how concentration and peace or calm abiding are related because usually when we concentrate, we focus very strongly, we do effort, we get tense, we cannot sustain it for a long time, obviously, and we end up exhausted. Well, here we're training in order to be able to sustain that concentration, but without losing our relaxation, because that is what will balance our mind into a state of mind that is very awake, very sharp, and at the same time, very focused, but very relaxed. So we can sustain that concentration for longer and longer periods. So when you relax, there is a bliss there because you're not doing that effort you put into everything you do. You're allowing yourself to be present with your breath and doesn't take effort. So it feels really good to just release your muscles, relax them, release your mind. You won't stop thinking because that's something that we misunderstood and we think meditation is to stop thinking. No, you will never stop thinking. That's a natural process of the mind. But you will not be trapped in the stories of your thoughts. So there's nothing wrong with thoughts arising. You observe that they arise. You become aware that this happened. And you see them dwell for a little bit without getting hooked into them. And then let them dissolve back into the space of your mind. But... In this practice, in this shamatha practice we're talking about, mindfulness of breathing, you let them go and you bring your attention back to your breath. In the case of another shamatha practice that is settling the mind in its natural state, in this practice of settling the mind in its natural state, the object of your meditation is the space of the mind. 
and whatever arises in it. So when the thoughts arise, you pay attention, but not to the story. You pay attention to the fact that a thought arises. You observe it, and you see how it arises, how it dwells, and how it dissolves back into the space of the mind. And you keep your attention there in the space of the mind until another thought comes. So that's another way to do shamatha practice, which is a little bit more difficult for some people. Some people find it easier than mindfulness of breathing. What I recommend you is to do mindfulness of breathing and only if you find it that is not the practice for you, it's not very easy to do, then do settling the mind in its natural state if you feel it is more natural for you. But choose one object and keep that object because if you keep switching objects, it's difficult to develop this concentration we want. So mindfulness of breathing is very good because it's very easy to track your progress. You can see whether you're on the breath or not. And in the practice of mindfulness of breathing, we also use different points of focus. The beginning is to focus on your whole body and how you breathe in, breathe out. And when you do this, you're relaxing. And the attention is spread in all your body. But when you do want to cultivate more stability, you focus on the abdomen, that area where you feel the movement. In this case, you're narrowing your point of focus and you are cultivating stability, but without losing your relaxation. If you feel tension, you go back to relaxing. I have some guided meditations with this that can help you in the process of learning the practice. You can find them on my website. Also, the other area where we will focus after we develop some level of relaxation and stability is the nostrils, the area of the nostrils. Some people feel the breath in the entrance of the nostrils. Some people feel it in the upper lip. And wherever is the point where you feel the coming in and coming out of the breath, you're going to put your attention there. And because it's a more narrow area, you can develop more and more concentration there. And as you pay attention, your breath will become more and more soft until it becomes very, very subtle. You might even barely feel it or barely feel that you're breathing. Your mind is very calm, very peaceful. There's very little thoughts arising. You're in a state of peace, tranquility. It feels good. It feels happy. You feel happy. And then you barely have the sensations of the breath. It's your only job. It's very little what you're doing. And your attention is becoming more sharp and more focused because you have to be very concentrated to perceive the sensations of the breath at the nostrils. But if you start feeling tense and you start concentrating very hard, or your prana or your energy concentrates in the area of your face and you start feeling headache or like weird sensations. So you need to go back to dissolving the attention into all your body and rest and relax and focus on the out breath because you want to be very relaxed. And you will understand this is also the antidote for agitation because agitation is related to tension. When your mind, when you sit in meditation and your mind is very distracted 
going from one thought to another to like fidgeting and feeling anxious and all this agitated state of mind. You want to use the antidote, which is relaxation. You want to focus on the out-breath and relax your muscles of your face, the muscles of your body, and really, really relax. And don't do the effort of thinking, I need to relax very badly, and I'm going to do a lot of effort to relax because then you won't be able to relax, right? So thoughts are agitated, they will be there, but instead of stirring them, and follow them and be caught into stories and creating more thoughts and worries and concerns, you will let them pass. You say, okay, it's agitated. My mind is agitated. I let it be. I'm going to focus on my breath, in the out-breath, relaxing with each out-breath, relaxing all my body, relaxing my mind. And this is the antidote for this agitation. Then you will oscillate to the other extreme and start falling asleep, start feeling lack of clarity, feeling dullness. And in that moment, you, your mind is out of the balance going into the other extreme. So then you apply the antidote to laxity, sleepiness, dullness, lack of clarity. And the antidote, as we saw before, is to focus on the in-breath to concentrate a little bit more strongly and find the point where you feel the breath and remain there and straighten your spine. Have a, a posture of being alert and awake and sharp and concentrated. So in this way, you can see what we are doing is balancing our mind between these extremes of hyperactivity of attention and deficit of attention and where our mind is very distracted or very dull and where we are not able to focus in the present, in the object, without distraction, without grasping, without being carried away by thoughts, while remaining stable, peaceful, calm, relaxed and balanced. So as we move from one extreme to another, applying the antidotes and finding that middle point where our mind is just surfing on the breath, feeling very relaxed, very calm, but very focused at the same time. And we can do this process longer and longer periods of time. In this practice, that's what we are doing. We are balancing the mind. This will lead to a healthier state of mind in which we can start experiencing peace, contentment, and genuine happiness. So this practice of shamatha has to be related with mindfulness all the time. Mindfulness is an aspect of our shamatha practice. Mindfulness, we also use it in our practice of ethics. When we discern how to live an ethical way of life, when we discern how to act in the world, what kind of words we use, how we engage with others, how we react to situations, how we decide to stop doing certain things that harm us and others, and we decide to do things that benefit us and benefit others. So the first step in our spiritual path is ethics. 
The second step is concentration and the third step is development of wisdom. Okay, if you don't want to talk in terms of spiritual path, you can also do it in a secular practice. Meditation can be also secular and you don't need to believe or in anything or want to follow a spiritual path, but just want to have a healthier life, be a better person in the world. So for that, you also need to behave ethically. And so that is the first step for living a meaningful life, to live a life in which you stop harming others and harming yourself and you start helping, helping yourself and helping others. And the next step is to develop concentration because a mind that is not balanced, that is not concentrated, that is not focused, well, either is very anxious, stressed, agitated, and carried away by negative emotions, afflictions, and um, negative thoughts. And on the other side is just dull and sleepy. And we want to develop this too. And then in a, another episode, I'm going to talk more in detail about the practice of wisdom. But in terms of the practice of concentration, shamatha is related to mindfulness. And then mindfulness can also be used to be aware of what is happening in the present as we as we think of mindfulness in the modern days, right? But Remember that it's not just that bare attention, which is helpful to have bare attention. It's one aspect of mindfulness. To to be attentive of what is happening in the present is so helpful. But in, in that is more like an attention that is open to everything that is happening um, or it moves from one object to another, a sound, a form, a sensation. And yeah, that is helping you to be present and it's good to practice it in your post-meditation sessions in the daily life. But don't think that's all to meditation. There's more meditations. There's also meditations for cultivating a good heart, to work with attachment, with aversion, with anger. There's many, many meditations. And mindfulness is a factor that we are going to use in all of them. So being mindful is not just being present. It includes recollection and it includes discernment. And within the practice of shamatha, it has this specific function of remembering your object, bringing your attention back to it, and keeping your attention in that object, sustaining it for longer and longer periods of time. So I hope this clarifies a little bit this confusion there is around the word mindfulness, around the word meditation, and that you learn more about what is the shamatha practice. Thank you very much. See you soon. Please consider supporting this podcast at patreon.com forward slash Alma Ayon. Thanks for listening to Peace and Mind with Alma Ayon.